There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. From Decrypt.co, my name is Matthew Aaron. Today on the show, we're going to be talking to three companies that do art on the blockchain all a little differently. Cryptograph, Metafactory, and Super Rare. And we're going to do a little follow-up on the Twitter hack coming up on the Decrypt Daily. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Happy Monday. I hope everybody had a great weekend. I was out camping three days in a tent. No shower. Was wonderful. (laughs) Very happy to come back and take a shower. Today is Monday, July 20th, 2020. And before we get started today, I want to say happy birthday to one of my favorite men in the world, my dad. My dad was born today, 61 years ago, in 1959. And I remember his birthday because this is the day that they landed on the moon in 1969. I was born in 1979. It's actually really weird to think about that. I was born only 10 years after the moon landing. I am getting old. Anyway, we have a big show today. We have three companies doing art on the blockchain all a little differently. We're going to talk about NFT tokens. We're going to talk about their companies, what they're doing on the blockchain, how they're innovating the art space, fashion space, charity space, all using blockchain. I'm very excited to get in these conversations. But before we get into that... Show me the money. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. And I'm recording this at 2.15 Eastern Standard Time. And the crypto prices are just going sideways. There's been a little bit of movement in the stock market. We have Tesla skyrocketing. We have some altcoins in the crypto space skyrocketing as well. Thorchain's RuneCoin is up like gangbusters over the past couple months and everybody's talking about link and there's other altcoins but my main indices i am looking at is bitcoin ethereum litecoin bitcoin cash and xrp and they are pretty much sideways bitcoin is in at nine thousand one hundred and ninety five dollars and seventy two cents up a half a percent from last friday ethereum's at 238.45 up 2.2 percent from last friday litecoin's at 42.34 up 0.6% from last Friday. Bitcoin Cash, 224.39, up 0.2% from last Friday. And XRP, sitting at 19.8 cents, up 0.7 from last Friday. We're moving sideways at a snail's pace, and we're hoping for that trillion-dollar stimulus package that Congress is trying to pass go straight into crypto. In our main story today, we're going to look at three different companies using NFT tokens to incentivize and empower artists in three different ways. Our three guests in our three companies today is John Crane from Super Rare. Hey, Matthew. Thanks so much for having me. Drew Harding from Metafactory. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for inviting me. And Hugo McDonough of Cryptograph. Oh, pleasure, Matthew. Thanks for having me. Now, before we get into the companies themselves, we have to talk about the one tool that they all use. And that tool is the NFT token. Hugo, how would you define an NFT token? If you if you think about art or media on the on the internet or, or media media in a digital in the digital domain, before we had something like the blockchain, you couldn't create digital scarcity or rarity um, because anybody could copy and paste the same image very easily, and you couldn't tell the original from the copy. And so, you know, scarcity was a really difficult thing to to create. And here in this new world of of blockchain based collectibles. 
um, you have that that ability to create scarcity, which is which is really exciting because you can take an original piece of work and you can you know you can hash it to the Ethereum blockchain and you can issue a token that only one person can own at any point in time that represents the ownership of this piece and this content, and you can give it true unicity, true uniqueness. And this is really, really exciting. You can develop loads of other really cool, interesting kind of, you know, trading rules and systems around these digital collectibles that, that you can't really do in the legacy world. Like, uh, you know, for example, with Cryptograph, we've created this, this auction mechanic that incentivizes people to bid. You know, if you bid on a Cryptograph and then you're outbid, you actually make a return. And this whole system that underlies how the Cryptograph system operates um, is only really possible thanks to programmable money and smart contracts. And we are applying it to this new context and this new world of, of digital scarcity and digital collectability. Thanks a lot, Hugo. John, you know, I never thought about digital art or the digital space being a problem. You know, you could say it's a it's a problem and a feature, but you know, you could basically make infinitely many copies of a digital object. And you know, this is cool if you want to have huge distribution, uh, but if you want to kind of give something special status, for the example of Super Rare, you know, artists want to sell a one-of-a-kind piece of art, uh, you need a way to figure out, well, which one is the original because there might be multiple copies. And that's where the NFT comes in. All right, so this is very informative. I think we know what an NFT token is now and we know why we need an NFT token. John, can we start with you? Can you tell me a little bit about Super Rare? What is Super Rare? Sure thing. So yeah, Super Rare is an NFT marketplace exclusively for digital art. So artists mint NFT art tokens and collectors uh, buy and trade those on the platform. So what are they creating on the platform? Yeah, so I mean, I think as far as, uh, you know, stylistic you know, types, there's, you know, it's all across the board. Recently, there's been a, a huge explosion in kind of 3D renderings and just all kinds of different types. So this is like completely abstract renderings to... Um, kind of like geometric abstraction, like it's really all across the board. But some of the pieces recently that have been really popular are uh, some pieces that were created with the assistance of AI. So this is where the artist is using, um, you know, the AI is not totally creating the piece of art, but it's kind of tools that are being used by the artist in their artistic process. I really want to know more about the artists of Super Rare. So I asked John to connect me with one of the artists. So. Here's Carlos from Mexico City. Oh, no, I'm really glad to be here talking to you, Matthew. Thank you. Right on, Carlos. Hey, so what kind of art do you create? So I would call myself right now a digital artist slash crypto artist. So why do you want to put the art on the blockchain and make digital tokens? Do you find that it's better for you as an artist? Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, I think the, the revolutionary thing about this technology is that it can create um, digital scarcity. So, I mean, for the first time in history, we can have um, digital scarcity. So when I tokenize, right, when I put one of my digital arts on the blockchain, it creates um, a non-fungible token, right? Um, if we go back to kind of like money theory, uh, when you have a dollar or, or when you have a Bitcoin, it's fungible, you can exchange it. So my Bitcoin, is the same as your Bitcoin. So if we make a transaction, it doesn't matter, right? I, you can give me your Bitcoin, and I'll give you uh, another Bitcoin. W once um, non-fungibility was able to be implemented on the blockchain, it created unique and rare tokens, right? So that means that if I have that token, I'm the only one, or if you have that token, if I transfer the token to you, 
you're the sole owner of that token. So that means that for the very first time, uh, my digital art can be scarce and can be put on a marketplace like Superbird and get sold to collectors. So that's like a super big reason. So I'm, 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 I have collectors right now. So wait, what's the benefit of putting it on the blockchain? Are you making more money now than you were before? I am. I mean, it's interesting in my case because I had a full-time job uh, before the whole COVID-19 pandemic started, right? So, um, and crypto art kind of like, it, it was my side gig, you know? So I was making a little bit of extra money and I have to be really grateful for, for Super Rare, for John, Charlie, all the people that built that platform and that gave me the chance to, to tokenize on it. At some point when, when I lost my job because of COVID-19, I was making enough money so that I could like just become a full-time crypto artist. So I would say that right now, I'm making the same money I was making on my full-time job, just selling NFTs and crypto art. Dude, that's awesome. That's really cool. What do you think the future is for NFT tokens and the future of art on the blockchain? Just recently, Super Rare, for example, uh, implemented the possibility of tokenizing GLB files, which is kind of like becoming the standard 3D file for the internet. And I think there's a lot of potential there. I, I, I might be a little bit too bullish and optimistic, but I'm pretty sure like once um, like Apple comes out with, the, with their AR glasses, I'm pretty sure they're going to onboard pretty crypto artists to do stuff for them. Because um, I think that's the future. Like you're going to be able to put, put on like the Apple AR glasses and you'll see the 3D sculpture animated running in your living room. That's the future. Carlos, thank you very much for coming on the show. No, it's my pleasure, Matthew. Thank you for having me on. In the wake of the coronavirus and losing his job because of the coronavirus, the NFT token and the companies built on the blockchain allowed Carlos to create art and make a living. Let's go over to Hugo and Cryptograph and find out how Cryptograph is supporting charities all over the world using NFT tokens. Hugo, can you tell us a little bit about Cryptograph? Cryptograph is really one-of-a-kind digital collectibles made by world-renowned icon and artists that generate funds for charity forever. And to start with, the kind of first versions of Cryptographs are fairly lo-fi, but really uh, you know, imaginative and, and, and memorable pieces of content that they've created or what they're known for or messages that they care about on iPads, digital digital renderings, digital sketches. Putting a, a, an iPad in front of someone and saying, you know, go be creative and use this as your canvas, you can get some really interesting things, you know, like Vitalik's quadratic funding formula, uh, you know, for me is, was so cool. It's a hugely historical piece of, uh, I think, importance of, of that formula. And that, you know, alongside someone like, you're going to start seeing cryptographs from Hollywood and, and elsewhere, and that's going to get, you know that's that's going to get really exciting. Each one of these pieces, it's it, the, the the amount that goes to charity and the creator seven, is seventy thirty really. So seventy percent would go to the creator and the charity, and at least ten percent of that must go to a charity. The creator, and this is perpetual revenue. This isn't just off the initial auction. This is perpetually for forever. Every single time this thing is traded or it raises money through the various revenue streams, for every one pound raised, 70p is going to creator and charity and 30p is going to perpetual altruism. But what's brilliant is that the revenue produced is, is perpetual and the causes are receiving this as a sustainable form of income, which is what I'm a big proponent of, this idea of sustainable philanthropy. You know, If you, if you can combine the motive for profit with also impact 
that's for me how you create the most sustainable form of, of income for charities and charitable causes because they don't have to rely on the next handout or the next fundraising event or the next thing they have to do to try and raise funds, which usually right. costs a huge amount. So just like before, I was really curious to talk to the artist. So I reached out to Jake Berkman to talk about what he created for Cryptograph and the charity he decided to donate to. Jake, thank you very much for coming on the show. Thanks. Hi, Matthew. Nice to, nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Jake, I was looking at your art you created for Cryptograph. It's stick figures and arrows, and it seems like a big workflow chart. Can you tell us about your art? This piece kind of speaks to really how much, how many different areas, themes, technologies, um, humans, you know, etc., need to come together to make blockchain or, or decentralization project a success. And of course, it all starts down in the base layer, which is what you see on the bottom of the of the chart. So I have like a blockchain with blocks that have arrows going to the next block as is right and proper. Um, and then it goes a little bit into kind of the, the regulatory frictions and the onboarding frictions and how different attacks that might happen on, on the blockchain. And then of course, um, you know, how do you get this in front of the mainstream user when he doesn't have ether or she uh, doesn't have a wallet and doesn't really care about privacy or or decentralization. So I, I hope I covered like the spectrum of issues there pretty well. Right on, man. Anybody that's developing in the space or working in the crypto space knows the frictions that are there to even even as a consumer to download a Bitcoin wallet, to onboard, to use Coinbase, to transfer. It's quite sloppy. And I, from a creator's or company's creator's point of view, it must be very, very cumbersome and tiring to think about all of the obstacles. Can you tell us a little bit about the charity that you decided to donate to? I did not shop my piece, but Cryptograph uh, did it for me. It closed somewhere in the four and a half ether range, which I guess is about a thousand bucks or, or a little bit over over that. And and I did indicate that I wanted the proceeds of this to go to a nonprofit organization in Dallas, Texas called Verdigree Ensemble. This is a music nonprofit that actually my, my younger brother started and he's a he's a music conductor and as you might know it's it's pretty challenging to find a kind of worthwhile career in um in media these days and especially in something like classical music and it really provides a way for these very very talented young people to be able to make a little bit of of money for doing the thing that that they love right on that's an awesome charity thanks for coming on the show jake Awesome. Well, thanks so much again for, uh, for having me. How cool is that? NFT tokens and the blockchain are used to support good causes. And in this case, Jake's iPad sketch is used to support his brother and musicians down in Texas. Now let's go over to Metafactory and see how they're innovating the clothing industry and digital apparel with NFTs and the blockchain. Drew, can you tell us what you're doing at Metafactory? A lot. Um, <laughs> I'd say summarized, Metafactory is a, a marketplace for uh, decentralized brand economies and digi-physical goods, really focused on kind of uh, the growth, cultivation, and empowering of uh, Web3 and, and crypto culture specifically. Does that mean you're NFTing the art that's on the clothing? Like one example, you have the masks on the website right now, and that means you're NFTing the art that's on the mask, or are you NFTing the clothing themselves? How does that work? A number of ways. For the masks, that was uh, kind of its own initiative as a way for us to uh, build initial relationships with artists. It was also a charitable um, effort uh, on the kind of 
back of the pandemic and the need for masks. Um, so for everyone purchased, um, one is being donated. And we have this concept of, of digi-physical apparel, right? The, the crossover between a physical good, something you'd wear in meat space, and a, a digital wearable, which would be something you'd slap on an avatar, whether that be crypto voxels and Decentraland and kind of that niche like blockchain-esque uh, virtual worlds, or even something maybe more agnostic to the virtual space, like through VR chat or similar. So when we're talking about NFTs right now, we're primarily talking about the wearable side of that digi-physical pair. We're creating wearables for some of our products, most of them. And then we create NFTs to represent those wearables, which people who purchase these combinations or these pairs would, would receive directly. I'm going to take the skeptic road with this next question. I'm going to ask, why is this important? Why do you think that you need to create an NFT designed piece of clothing? You know, we see this as kind of a natural evolution um, as a result of like the digitalization of commerce, an extension of this the success and growth of lifestyle brands um, as a concept, but instead of being a passive consumer that is, you know, uh, purchasing or wearing or supporting a brand because the val my values seem to align with theirs, providing an opportunity for uh, individuals to be active participants in, in really defining uh, that brand and its values. I want to say thank you to John from Super Rare, Hugo from Cryptograph for coming on the show to show three different ways to utilize the NFT token. I am a big fan of buying, selling, and collecting digital art, and the NFT token makes it all possible. It allows us to hold the value. It allows us to show its authenticity so we can have a unique piece of art. And I want to say thank you to the artists, Jake and Carlos, for coming on the show and explaining the possibilities and how they utilize the NFT token. I hope that everyone that listened to this came away with understanding the possibilities of this technology. And in other news, in the wake of the Twitter hack, crypto entrepreneur and angel investor Balaji Suravasan says we should start exiting Twitter. Hence, the blog post he wrote entitled, How to Gradually Exit Twitter, where he lays out plans to exit Twitter. One of which is creating an email list where you can start taking the conversation off Twitter to your own playing field. With more than 228,000 followers on Twitter, let's see if he actually takes his own advice. And finally, it appeared that Twitter space cared more about the Bitcoin halving than it did the Twitter hack. On July 15th, Bitcoin was mentioned in 54,000 tweets. The next day, on July 16th, it was mentioned in 56,000 tweets. However, that was nothing compared to the halving, which was 82,000 tweets mentioning Bitcoin. The all-time record for mentioning Bitcoin on Twitter was set on December 7th, 2017, when Bitcoin was mentioned more than 155,000 times. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. Remember, wherever you're listening to this, make sure you're subscribed, leave us a rating and a comment. It helps us stay visible. Don't forget, Decrypt.co, the best place for your crypto news. And you can download their app on the Google Play and Apple App Stores. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great Monday night.